0: Used to take it slow Now I'll feel the air and take the long way home This place is all I've ever known No longer scared of the open road Cause tonight is on my to arrive So, the listening audience, this is a bit of a confluence. I'm speaking about day 36 and today is day 36. So this is fresh. Um, What I relate here today with you is what happened to me today. And I will warn you that um, today was very different to most other days but let me start at the beginning so as I said uh, Dom and TJ and I had a sneaky camp that um, TJ had found and and um it was a great spot there was uh evening fireworks which on the cusp of sleep is quite alarming uh whereas the um both t j and Dom were sleeping without a fly, so they were um heard the thump as the uh firework was taking off and and sort of uh woke up with their eyes open and saw that it was fireworks um it, um t j described that it seemed to be very very close with the actual explosion of the fireworks not too far away from our eye level of the um, the campground. However, um, I think I mentioned it last episode as well, that we got up quite early um, just so that we weren't uh, being obvious that we were camping a spot that maybe was considered a no camping zone. I don't know. Let's not get hung up on the legalities of it. So we got up early, we packed up our gear and we sauntered off to a uh, a public place in the the area that we were camping in that um, was obviously allowed to be sitting around, and we chose that spot as an opportunity to have breakfast. Uh, continued just chatting and, and uh, talking about the um, trips and, and what uh, TJ and Dom were doing up north. Um, that they uh, from Gloucestershire or something in pronunciation that sounds like that from the UK and um, had dutifully finished high school, dutifully turned up to uni. Um, COVID was a big part of their uni years and they uh, really felt that they were, uh, their you know, start into adulthood was maybe a bit stifled by university and COVID. So um, once the borders dropped, they uh, used that as an opportunity to spread their wings and go further afield than the UK. And they uh, aimed for the Canadia, Canada, and um, took some uh, part-time work up there. And it's, you know, when you, you sit and talk to them, they're, they're guys that are, um, you know, they just sort of make their own opportunities there, um, got a, a great outlook on life and just get up and do things. And... Um, um, uh, life offers them and opportunities and, and things happen, but they seem to make the most of it. So, you know, power to them. Um, they're sort of doing quite well for themselves up in Canada, but um, as part of spreading their wings, they didn't want to get into their, a different uh, rut um, up in Canada as to um, UK. So um, one of their um, next jobs is they're working in a bike shop. And as part of the interview process, they were talking about pretty keen on... Um, Doing this PCBR Pacific Coast Bike Route, so the um, the next employer uh, offered them a couple of uh, bikes that they then uh, purchased some extra gear and turned into touring bikes and um, started headling down the um, PCBR. I think they they said that they left on the maybe the seventh or the tenth of April and um, uh, they they experienced some really god awful weather in in Washington and. Um, when they got down to San Francisco, they they really used um, I think it may be six days, and they had another mate with them that was feeling quite poorly, um, and then subsequently uh, left them to their own devices and went back home to the UK. Matt, um, but they uh, they spent those six days to thaw out in in San Francisco and really sort of get into the vibe of San San Francisco, and had a jolly good time of it. So. They were slightly ahead of me as I was travelling down the coast unbeknown to my good self until we um, both landed at Zach's place and um, I was introduced to them. Anywho, we have sort of got up in the morning, we've shared those stories about each other and, and um, uh, then we've um, point, pointed our bikes back towards the south and um, going through Laguna Beach was the next sort of spot past where we um, had taken lodgings or campsite that night um there was nothing special happening however i was sort of powering up a a hill and the the back of my bike felt like I'd had a flat tire and um so as i said there was no uh, specific event it was also all of a sudden that um, my back tire felt it was a bit wishy-washy so i pulled up and i, I told the guys that i've got a flat um uh, dom and tj were doing a big day to get all the way down to san diego I was doing a shorter day to get to the outskirts of um, San Diego, but this was going to be, you know, the last sort of leg, and then the next day, day thirty-seven, was getting into De- uh, San Diego proper, seeing the border, and that was it. So this, yeah, this is the last, the last hurrah of the, the trip. Um, so got this thought. I've got a flat. Um, told the guys, go on. I'll, I'll deal with this flat because um, they were going to go into San Francisco proper. Um, they, they hung around for a bit while I checked it out and sort of quickly realised it wasn't a back flat tyre. And I um, thought, oh, OK, I wonder if the um, the quick-release axle has come a bit loose, but sort of um, did a quick play with that and it didn't feel loose. So thought, OK, well, maybe it was just... Um, uh undulation of the the um the bitumen and and i just felt that um, there was a bit of a wobble i I checked the penny ears to make sure they were locked in with their um their lower little lug um to to keep them secure against the bike and that all seemed fine so i thought okay well it's just a bit of the um uh the bitumen that that made it feel like there was a bit of a wobble and then we we um so we sallied on But it wasn't too much further before I realised that there was something wrong. So I thought, okay, well, maybe I I haven't really um, assessed the the tightness of the axle properly. So I've popped the the quick release on the axle, I've given it a couple of extra turns and then I've really cranked it shut and said, okay, let's see how this one goes. But um, another 100 metres and I asked the guys to hang back and have a look at the back wheel and they could see that something was moving, but we just couldn't work out what the hell it was. So I, I said, you know, um, power to you guys, you've got a big day, I'm, I'm sort of mucking around here, trying to work out what the hell's going on. So you go on and, and I'll work out what's going on. So I've stripped off all the uh, panniers of the, the back of the bike to um, uh, work out what was happening. And I'd also pulled off the front panniers and what I was gonna to plan to do is flip the bike over, um, unlock the um, gear selector, pop, the whole back wheel out of the um, away from the bike, and, and have a good look in there, and then reassemble it to see if it um, would resolve the situation. But um, during that process, I did then see that near the um, the uh, rear dropouts, that's where the axle goes through on the rear axle, and there's a, a tube that goes pretty much horizontal to the ground that goes from you know, where your pedals are uh, goes horizontally from where your pedals are back to the back wheel. I, I saw that there was a, a mark in the frame. Um, so on closer inspection, it was actually a crack in the frame. The, the whole frame had cracked. This was a, a catastrophic failure of, of the, the frame. Uh, the bike was no longer sort of rideable, serviceable, and, and reliable from this point on, so that was that was it. Like it was um, pretty much the the last leg um, of the trip, and I had a catastrophic failure of the frame. Um, pondered what that would mean and and how I'd actually do things. Um, it's Sunday here in. US of A, and there's not a lot of things that are open except for hospitality and retail, not a lot of bike shops or welding shops or people that would be able to assess and, and um, repair a, a cracked chain stay on a, touring, a steel frame touring bike. Um, so sort of let my fingers do the walking on Google and work out there was an Amtrak station about 12 kilometres away, I um, transferred the heavier penny ears from the rear of the racks to the front racks um, and then I I rode in a position that I my more of my weight was over the handlebars rather than the back which is quite unstable the, the bike is really designed that you are um, center to the the frame as opposed to having all your weight towards the front but um, I, I took it very um, slowly and and um, downhill I, I kept the uh, hand on the brake um, Uphill, I, I made sure my uh, weight was forward avoided any quick turns any um, uh, bounces or jumps on the rear at all just to um, you know not not uh, put any further strain on the other chain stay that was intact and um, limit any further damage to the busted uh, chain stay um, on the left hand side Um Slowly but surely made my way over to a uh, Amtrak railway station. Um, I think I got there by oh, a bit before 10. The next train was at 10 uh, correction 11:25. so I purchased a ticket and then went off and uh, found a diner and um, availed myself to a cinnamon roll that I'd seen advertised in a lot of places as you know, being famous for a cinnamon roll. So I thought, oh, what the hell they're banging on about? I'll try a cinnamon roll and grabbed a coffee and um, luxuriated in the sugar and fat of a, a cinnamon roll and um, a coffee, caffeine, to um, you know, help with the, the situation. Um, train turned up. I, I got onto the train. It was, you know, in... Um, in, in a city, Brisbane, nowadays you can get on a train with your bike. It used to be off peak, you can get on a train with your bike, but nowadays pretty much all the time you get on your train with your bike. Um, interstate travel that I've done before with my bike, you have to actually box up your bike and your bike goes in luggage um, or cargo rather than being able to easily wheel yourself, wheel your bike onto a train. Um, one of the joys of the Amtrak, Um, Section that I did was I think I paid like $23 in US dollars to get from San Juan Capilano, something like that, but it's not really, there's an S in there somewhere, but anyway, um, just inland from Laguna Beach. Um, $24, $23 from there down to uh, San Diego Old Town. Jumped on the train, it was heading south, uh, picking up great rate speed, uh, was able to plug in um, to um, power and charge up power banks and phones and all that sort of stuff. Uh, able to tap into their Wi-Fi and um, the, uh, it was travelling through areas that had marginal cell coverage so had a, um, a good cell um, or Wi-Fi coverage so was able to tap into that. Um, and then we sort of stopped at, uh, Oceanside. And there was a, an announcement before we got there that um, uh, what had happened, I, I think what had happened was a trespasser had got onto the tracks um, somewhere south of Oceanside and potentially been hit by a train and they, they then shut down all train traffic while they investigated or you know, uh, dealt with that scenario situation. Um, on the speakers on the you know, the phone, it just talked about oh, sorry of the train. Just talked about uh, trespassers on the track, and um, the um, train controller, the line controller, had um, parked all station uh, parked all trains that were entering an area before they entered an area. Um, part of that, I was sitting around. There was an Amish guy that sort of a group of Amish people that got onto my carriage. And I, I spent about 15, 20 minutes talking to an Amish guy just about their culture and his background and, you know, his normal day, week, month. Um, uh, some of the, the different um, uh, takes on Amish communities and um, for short trips, uh, he promoted the idea that it's he, sort of horse and buggy and they, they play the field with um, Clydesdales and draft horses. However... For longer trips, I'll, I'll tend to use uh, buses and, and trains and planes if need be. So a very interesting way to pass the day or pass the time. Uh, eventually, the train did sort of um, get the clearance and then we got down further and then uh, we had to stop another place while they um, dealt with train congestion. So it added about two hours or two and a half hours to the um, normal trip. Uh, but then I got into San Diego, Old Town. Uh, As I was going down, when I sort of stopped talking to the Amish people, I was able to then Google what the hell I was going to do with bike shops and and welding shops. Uh, I put in a couple of call, um, you know, uh, emails and contact pages and Facebook pages to bike shops to ask about welding frames. And um, I also got on to... um, voice message banks of welders and um, contact pages of uh, welders. Um, but one of the bike shops I did call that was open on a Sunday uh, gave me a um, a website of a, a bike frame painter that would potentially know of a um, someone that would be able to weld the frame. So his name was Joe. And... Um, So I uh, went to um, uh, Joe's website and um, was able to see a a phone number. I was able to leave a voice message on uh, Joe's uh, answering machine and was really thinking that on Monday, Joe would pick up the the answering machine and and, um, deal with any um, calls that come in over the weekend. However, Joe did get in contact later on in the afternoon and um said that there was he knew of a guy up in uh, a beach that's probably about um, 40 kilometers north of here uh but he also had a mate that owed him some favors as as, is joe's words that has retired and he was a um, bicycle frame builder that might be able to do something and i sent through some photos and described what had happened to the the rear chain say and um Joe then, and I sort of hung up on Joe after I sort of sent through the photos, he's got it back in touch later on and said that um, he's cajoled this um, frame builder to come out of retirement to do a quick whip around um, bead on the breakage. It's it's not a long-term fix, but it's a fix that'll get me out of uh, trouble so I can actually ride down to the, the San Diego border and, and I spy the, um, the border. Um like I was hoping to then uh, ride back over that section of um, just north of San Diego that I hadn't done. However, um, I'll, I'll sort of be guided by um, Joe and the frame builder as to the how much reliability I can put into the actual cracked chainstay and, and the quick repair that they do. Um, the, um, as part of you know, this this issue, I've, I've also got in touch with the uh, bike shop that I purchased the bike off, but I CC'd the uh, bike manufacturer or, or bike builder. And um, the owner of the the, the bike building company uh, that I'd previously been in touch with, Noel, he actually um, reached out uh, via Gmail and he said that he was really bummed to hear that um, I was in that situation. And um, he asked for... Um, serial numbers of the the frame so that it could start a warranty process. So um, I'm, you know, quietly comfortable and confident that when I get back to Australia, I'll be able to swap out the frame of this bike that has got an issue and, um, you know, know, swap in my my existing gear but on a a new frame. So I really need um, Joe's mate, the bike frame builder, to give me a, a job that will do a job that is good enough to offer reliability for the next couple of weeks uh, or next week, mm-hmm. but then uh, not necessarily go overboard and, and um, do a lot of extra effort for a frame that will uh, eventually be returned to the manufacturer to um, assess as to why it's um, failed in this particular area. So long and short of it is the um, I'm so close to being able to ride scot free from you know thousands of kilometers from the north to the south and in the very last moment I've had this um issue that is is a real showstopper or a uh you know it does throw a uh, throw a spinner into the works I think I've got a solution here I think I'll still be able to uh work with Joe and the frame builder to um, get a repair I, I'm quietly comfortable and confident that I'll get down and see the Mexican border and the, the very bottom of the US of A. But then I'll really have to um, deal with the bike with kit clubs, kit clubs to, um, you know, um, make sure that, that there's no serious weight on that back chain stay, make sure I I don't hit any jarring uh, bumps that might um, dislodge the bit, bit of a bead of weld that the weld um, frame builder will put on there and, um, you know, treat it with a whole lot of respect and not think it's a robust um, tank that can go anywhere. It's It's got a, um, an issue that I need to be mindful of and, and um, so that I can uh, keep enough life in it for the next four or five days and, and um, finish this trip. However, that is the day, end of day 36. Um, I'm in San Diego, I'm in a motel. I'll have to take another night in this motel just so I can work in with Joe and the frame builder. Um, hopefully I'll, I'll use public transport tomorrow to actually see some San Francisco. Um, Joe graciously is offered to pick up the bike tomorrow afternoon from this motel room and, and take it out to the frame builder. Um and, and do the job so I suspect that sometime on Tuesday I'll be able to pick it up, and um, load my pennies back up on it, ride down to the border, but then I'll, I think I'll be looking to grab a Amtrak train, back up north to, um Irvine Irvine or you know maybe even all the way back to LA and then um, ride back out to, um. Uh, Venice Beach or something. So I'll just have to work out that part of it. Anywho's, um, yeah, there's a there's a, a bit of a twist at right at the end of the trip. Um, didn't see that one coming. Anywho's, I'll leave you to it and talk to you later. Till then.